Today's Bible reading is from John 12, 20 to 33. Jesus talks about life and death. There were some Greeks there too. These were some of the people who went to Jerusalem to worship at the Passover festival. They went to Philip, who was from Bethsedan in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went went and told Jesus. Jesus said to them, The time has come for the the Son of Man to receive his glory. It is a fact that a gain of a grain of wheat must fall to the ground and die before it can grow and produce much more wheat. If it didn't if it doesn't die, it will never be more than a single seed. Those who love the life they lit they have will now will lose it. But whoever is willing to give up their life in the world will keep it. They will have and they will have internal life. Whoever wants to serve me must follow me. Yes, my servants must be with me everywhere I am. My father will give honour to everyone who serves me. Jesus talks about his death. Now I am very troubled. What should I say? Should I say, Father, save me from this time of of suffering? No. I came I came to this time so I could be I could suffer. Father, do what will bring you glory. The voice came from heaven. I will have already brought glory to myself. I will do it again. The people standing there ahead standing there heard the voice. They said it was thunder. Father said an angel spoke to him. Jesus said that voice was that voice was for you and not for me. Now it is time for the world to be judged. Now the ruler of this world will be thrown out. I will be lifted from the earth. When that happens, I will draw all people to myself. Jesus said this to show how he would die. Good morning. Well, that was quite some passage, wasn't it? But before we get into the word, I just need to get a few things out of the way. Firstly, if you're thinking, oh, I've not seen her before. Well, my name is Caroline and I've been worshipping here at St. Tom's Church for nearly 30 years now. And if you're thinking, oh, I haven't seen her for a while. Well, you're quite right. It's been quite a while since I've given the word on a Sunday morning. And I could tell that the Lord thought I'm going to ease her back in gently with a nice, easy passage. Not. And for those of you who are not listening to a word I'm saying, because you're curiously wondering where she sat, I know you ladies, you're having a look around. Well, let me show you before we begin. So a very quick tour of the room that I'm sat in and it also happens to be the room where we meet for home church on a Monday evening when COVID permits. So there you are, that's where I'm at. Well now we've got that out of the way, let's have a look at the passage. 
John chapter 12 verses 20 to 33. There's so much in this passage that I urge you to find a quiet time and have a read through it yourself. I just want to pick up on one or two points though. Firstly, Jesus here is predicting his death. He's sharing this with his disciples for the first time. In previous passages, he said his hour has not yet come, but in this one, his hour has now come. He shares that his seed needs to fall to the ground and die so that it can multiply and create a harvest to produce many seeds. And that got me thinking, my goodness, I am one of those seeds that Jesus died for, as are you if you've given your life to the Lord. He talks about us needing to follow him and serve him. And if we do, God will honour us. How incredible is that? God will honour us. And he tells us that he's doing this to glorify the name of the Lord. And all of that made me start to reflect. Does my life glorify the Lord? Does my walk with him glorify him? Jesus stood at my door and knocked about 30 years ago and I heard his voice and I opened the door and he came in and we ate together. And during that 30 years, I recognise that I have been in several different places with the Lord. Now this passage talks about following God and if we follow God, God will honour us. What does that following look like? What does my following look like? I know that there have been times when I have been definitely in line with the Holy Spirit. And I felt the Lord show me a picture of what that looks like. And I'm going to share that with you now. So there it is, a tandem bike. And the Holy Spirit is riding on the front seat of that bike. And not only did, does God knock on our door, and wait for us to hear his voice. Once we do invite him in, I believe the Holy Spirit stands there ringing that bell on that bike and saying, come on then, hop on the back and let's go off together. Now I'm sure you've heard the analogy about a car and whether we allow Jesus in the driver's seat or whether we've got him as a back seat passenger. This is the equivalent, I guess, but I like this because what it means is that those on the tandem bike have to pedal as well. So what we're doing is we're partnering with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is guiding and leading us, but we are pedaling and working with him, partnering with him to, um, to get God's business done, to do what God is leading us to do and I love that and there have definitely been times in my life when I have been on that tandem bike but the Lord also showed me that there are times when I have gone solo now going solo is not a great idea let me show you
Well, I hope that amused you. But as you could see, going solo doesn't work very well. You can't really get off the ground. It's very wobbly, it's very dangerous, and it gets you nowhere. And I've definitely spent time over that 30 years going solo as well. Then the Lord showed me that there are times when I have just been sitting on a bench. When I've plonked myself down on the bench and have decided that I'm going to watch the race and not participate in the race. I don't know if you can relate to that. You know, when you are just going to sit back, take a breather, and not get involved with anything and just watch other people doing that. And the Lord lets us, he allows us, he never forces us to do anything we don't want to do. The trouble is there is a danger in this bench, especially if you stay there too long. And then the Lord showed me moments in my life when we have been on adventures together and as I reflect, certainly I have been on many adventures with God too. And the thing about adventures is that they feel very scary. They sometimes feel as if you are on your own completely. I can remember one adventure crying out to God and saying, Lord, this is too difficult for me. And he replied very clearly, yes, it is, Caroline but it's not too difficult for me. And then we went on ahead to have an amazing adventure. But the thing with this picture that the Lord showed me is that whilst it takes you out of your comfort zone and whilst you feel scary, and whilst you're standing in that aeroplane, waiting to jump out, waiting to step off, waiting to take that step of faith, the moment you do, God is with you. You are in tandem with him and he is your guide and he will show you things that you could never even begin to imagine. And as I reflect over my 30 years so far, I've been in all those places. I've even been in a place where you know that beautiful poem, Footprints. And you say, Lord, when my life has been at its most difficult, why are there only one step, one set of uh, footprints on the ground when you promise to be with me and never leave me? And the Lord says, it's at that point I carried you. Now I've experienced being carried by the Lord in his grace and his mercy. And I can remember most poignantly the time when he was carrying me and I thought, oh, perhaps it's time to get down out of his arms and start getting back on that tandem bicycle again. And as I put my feet to the ground, I knew it was too soon and he scooped me back up and carried me again. Now over those few years where I haven't been so active, I haven't been around quite so much, 
I can probably recognise me being in all of those different places. Going solo, sitting on the bench, sometimes on the tandem bicycle, and certainly being carried in his arms. But there's one of those places that I haven't been. And you know, if you have been on adventures with God, there is no more exciting place to be. That is true living. It's living the life that God meant for us. And once you've tasted adventure with God, nothing in this world matches up to it. Dare I ask God for another adventure? Dare I pray, Lord, it's time to jump out of that aeroplane with you. I don't know where you find yourself at this very moment in time. If you had to say, which of those places are you at? What would you say? Are you on that unicycle, struggling to do it on your own? Are you sitting on the bench at the moment, watching the race go by? Are you on that tandem bike, riding along with the Holy Spirit, waiting for him to show you what the next place is? Or are you being held in the arms of Jesus because life has been so difficult and you've got such a struggle on? Bless you if that's the place you're in. Let me tell you, he will hold you for as long as you need to be held until you are ready to step back down and get on that tandem again. He will hold you. Bless you so much. But are you in that place where you're ready for an adventure with God? Maybe for the first time, and maybe it's been a while. I don't want to be that person that lives their life keep reflecting on the adventures I've had with God and yet have nothing in the future. I want to be that person who goes on adventures. I want to be that person. Maybe that's going to look like for you going to your neighbour's house who you've not spoken to before and taking them a gift. Maybe for you that's going to look like knocking on the door of that family where you know there's a single parent and you've spotted that the child's bike needs fixing and that you're prepared to do that. Maybe for you that's giving a financial blessing and yet you look in your bank account and it looks very forlorn and yet you decide to do that anyway. And maybe for you that's going out and starting an incredible ministry of a community cafe. And maybe for you, it might mean that you're stepping out with God and you're stepping into ministry and he's calling you into his ordained ministry. I don't know what that adventure looks like for you. On the radio just now, I heard an amazing idea. It's called Pray Up Pompey and Portsmouth have got an app. And what they're doing is over the year, People are praying all the streets of Portsmouth and they're logging where they've prayed so that by the end of the year, the whole of Portsmouth will have been prayed for. Maybe you're going to pick up that baton and pray for Fair Oak and Horton Heath 
or set up an organized prayer line that everybody can take turns and log in the streets that they've prayed for. What is the Lord calling you to do? What is the Lord calling me to do? Is he calling you off that bench? Is he taking that unicycle from you and saying, no, 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 no more, no more struggle. You come on this tandem bike with me. Is he calling you to an adventure? This passage causes us to reflect on how Jesus died and why Jesus died. It tells us in this passage that Jesus asked for this to be taken away from him and yet he knew it couldn't because this was the only way that we could be reconciled to God. Jesus knew that the, he was going through the most excruciating pain. He was having phys he knew that there was going to be physical pain. Pain that no man could stand. He knew that there was going to be spiritual pain, that he would be separated from God at the moment the sin of the world, past, present and future, was laid on his shoulders, that he would be completely separated from God at that moment. But he was prepared to do that because he loves us. He loves me and he loves you. Let us ask the Lord how we can live our lives to glorify his name and to thank him for what he did for us. Amen.